Welcome back to the Well-Rounded Wealth Podcast. We are on episode 16, and today we are going to be talking about failure and, interestingly, why we love it. So, Patrick, how are you doing? Real quick, what made you want to do this topic? Yeah, this is really interesting to me because I've had so many mindset shifts around it. I've heard so many people recently talk about, oh, I want to do this or I want to do that. And the trigger that keeps occurring in my mind is, okay, why haven't you done that? Or even for myself, why haven't I started that? And mm. I started doing a bunch of reading and just listening to things and reflecting on things that I'm doing in my life. And I started asking myself that question. Why haven't I started the things I wanted to do? Is it I'm afraid of failure? And what does failure mean? So that's the premise behind this. And that's what we're going to dive in today. And hopefully we uncover few tips to help not only you and I, Jack, but also anyone listening. So, Yeah, also you guys as well. Yeah, so an interesting thing when I started looking into the topic and knowing that we were going to kind of talk about failure is kind of how much failure equivalates with fear to me. It's more the fear of failure that gets to me more than the failure itself. So do you have a fear of failure or do you just not like failure itself, you think? I think there's two sides to that because I think first we have to define fear and what it means to you. So fear is that emotion that's caused by something that's perceived as, when you break it down to its simplest form, it's dangerous or threatening or could cause pain. And fear can technically be psychological or physical, right? So you can be emotionally hurt or you can, someone could actually chase you and beat you with a hammer or something like that. Beat you can with be, a hammer? <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid of the guy coming at me with a hammer. <laughs> so fear right, ultimately right. breaks down to survival, whether it's mentally or bodily, physiological or psych- psychological. So right. I think most people and myself included, fear failure because they ultimately believe it could boil down to them experiencing mental or physical threats. And what I mean by that an example is if I fail at this business and I risk it all, I won't be able to eat, sleep, drink. Okay, so that's that's the physical, physiological side of it. Or if mentally, if I fail at this business, race, whatever it is, People will perceive me as a lesser person in comparison to what they think I could be. And that would affect me psychologically. They judge you for failing despite trying. So back to your question, I think more people fear the, the psychological aspect of failure than the physiological in this day and age. Yeah, I agree with that. I do. I definitely, that's the part of failure that really gets to me is that yeah. I go for something and then I don't achieve it. And then in my head, I'm thinking people will think to themselves, oh yeah, he didn't do it. Didn't make it. Couldn't couldn't do what he wanted to do. That's 
bummer another one bites the dust like that's definitely <laughs> and another one bites the dust <laughs> <laughs> that's, de- right. that's definitely something that i think about that uh that's the fear that's the true fear not the fear of my like physical well-being you know yeah it's definitely more of a psychological thing for the fear of failure portion but for failure itself do you have like let's try to get concrete with it do you mm-hmm. have an example of a time you have failed and did any of those fears come into fruition or did it turn out a different way than you thought when you failed? Yeah, I would say in terms of the psychological aspect of that, I failed relative to a goal I had that was also aligned with a goal or perception that someone else had of me. So my example in this is when I was going through the whole lacrosse recruiting process, I, I was targeting really high level caliber schools. And one of them that's sticks out to me is Notre Dame. My mm-hmm. mom went to the sister school of Notre Dame and that would have been a really cool dream school to go to. And I remember I got invited to a prospect day and I trained for probably two or three months beforehand. Just that, that was kind of the, the picture like, Hey, I'm doing this to perform at that level. And my mom and dad kept reinforcing it, reinforcing it. And a byproduct of that was, I also wanted to achieve that. And I remember that that didn't happen. So I Mm -hmm. I did not go to Notre Dame. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that is, that was a failure technically because I did not achieve what the goal I had set out to accomplish. Yeah. Your goal was to play lacrosse at Notre Dame and you did not play lacrosse at Notre Dame. Exactly. However, when I look back on it now, I think I had more, I think the, the actual goal of playing lacrosse at Notre Dame was not, as much my goal as it was to play lacrosse at a D one school, mm-hmm. which is, which is interesting to me to think. And I, and I don't know if my parents had that vision of me that if I didn't play lacrosse at Notre Dame, I was a failure and I'm sure they didn't, but I think I put more weight on the fact that, Hey, if, if I reach this accomplishment of playing lacrosse at Notre Dame, I will be seen as more of a success compared to playing lacrosse at a D1 school, but maybe a lower tier. You know? Gotcha. So yeah. it was more, it was that perception aspect that was driving the goal. Yeah. And I think as a backdrop of this entire episode, and we should preface this, is that physiological versus psychological we are going to be focused way more on the psychological because today i would argue that 99 percent of the time it is not physiological most people either have or have the ability to cover their basic needs so food sleep and water in almost no time at all there's there's very little people that will go that cannot go out and get a job at McDonald's. Right. Okay. At least in our country. 
Yes. Yes. True. <laughs> <laughs> at least, yeah. At least here, at least in our specific, I would say our specific environment. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I mean, anyone individually, there's definitely, they have their own lives and their own struggles yeah. and those backgrounds as well. But yeah, I would say, I would say the fear itself is not because it's not driving your fear of the fear of not being able to know if you're going to survive the next day, have water to drink, have, have a somewhere to sleep, wherever it is, have any food throughout the day. That's not what's holding people back and their goals. That's not the fear that's gripping you down and holding you down. We're saying that it's more of a psychological, emotional block, a mental block that we're having. Exactly. So a mindset, hopefully at the end of this, you, both you and I and anyone listening can start to make the progression to overcoming that mental block and shifting their mindset. Right. Totally. Well, okay. Let's talk about your mindset after you got the news that you failed getting into Notre Dame. How did that affect you when you didn't hit that, when that was what you wanted to happen? Yeah, going back to what I said on what I think my actual goal was, and I think my actual goal was more playing lacrosse at a D1 school as opposed to playing lacrosse at Notre Dame. So right. for me, I don't think it impacted me as much personally because I knew I still had other options. Oh, okay, I see. And you went to Richmond. Yeah. So I don't think that was as much as of a hit to me personally as it was to how I perceived it to be a hit to myself and my parents. Gotcha. If you get what I mean by that. So I think mm-hmm. the the combined weight of my mom, my dad, and me was more of a hit as opposed to just me not playing at Notre Dame. Right. But yeah, that's exactly... Yeah, that's exactly the point that it was more, it was less of the actual goal, but it was more of the the psychological repercussions of wanting to get that and why you wanted to get that. Did you have pressure? Was there pressure on you for that specific school from peers, family, or was it more D1 from other people? No, I, my parents were... I love my parents and and the way they raised me was great because they never said you you should or you have to go to XYZ school. Their emphasis was more work hard so you have the opportunity to choose XYZ X Y or Z school. And growing up we can definitely interpret that wrong. It's and I I think that's what I did was, hey, you should work hard because you have this thing coming up. So, which was the Notre Dame prospect camp. So mm-hmm. I put more weight on the actual wording and the, the, that angle of the prospect camp being Notre Dame, as opposed to the process of just working hard. So I have the options. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think follow I, that. I, I misconstrued that just because I was 
younger and less mature. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, how did how did you take this? Did was this a big learning lesson for you? Was this a stepping stone? Did you have any revelations in this that made you go, "Oh, okay, here's how I can turn a, this failure into a success," or this was the true root of what was actually going on here? Yeah. And that mindset has followed me, not incredibly consistently, because I've definitely faltered in certain ways on my journey to where I am now. But the biggest thing I learned was that there is a very high volume of work that needs to be put in, in order to achieve the goals you want to reach, mm -hmm. especially when it's at such a high caliber competitive level right. because one there's a ton of other people competing there and two these standards to get to that level are so much higher so you have to raise your level to those standards and no one's going to drop their standards so that you can get there it's you have to meet them there and then if you want to keep going above that, once you go above that, then you can reset the standards. But there is never an instance where you're shooting for a goal or shooting for something where you don't first have to match the standards of work that is required to get to the level of where you want to be. And that, yeah. that goes for athletics, for business, for even personal development or, or anything you're trying to pursue in life. Yeah, totally. What, so on this point, did you have a revelation? Do you think that you didn't work hard enough? Going into it? No. Okay. I, I felt that actually I take that back being honest with myself and especially what I know I can do now. Yes, I did not work hard enough. I may have thought that I was working hard or as hard as I could have leading up to that moment because I mean, I was still waking up early and doing drills in the morning and then going to practice and then working out again at night. But the, I could have done more. Right. So looking back on it, yes, I, had I done 10 more minutes here, 10 more minutes here, or taken away from a little socialization here or a little socialization there or some other event where I was not dedicating my time towards that goal, yes, I could have been more prepared. Yeah, and you always can be. You can always look back on anything and say to yourself, I could have done more. I have that. I could have gotten better grades in high school. I got good grades. I could have gotten better grades. I could have worked harder. Yep. You know, I even especially in college, I could have worked harder. I could have gotten better grades. I could have applied to more jobs early on. I could have gone to more career fairs at college. I could have there's so much we all could have done and things. Especially upon retrospect so i when i think to myself of that it's i can beat myself up easily you know it can be 
annoying to myself when I think, oh, okay, there was more I could have done to reach this goal. I didn't get an A in a class, and I'm like, okay, I could have if I really wanted to. And sometimes I beat myself up, but also it's just, okay, I think to myself, I could have. I'm identifying that. I could have put harder work into it. That's over. This is the past now. We're reflecting. So I need to think that I could have worked harder and know that in whatever next ambition that I have. Think back to the times when I had an outcome where I thought to myself I could have worked harder and remember that going into ambitions in the future. Saying to myself, okay, well, there have been times I thought I could have worked harder, which means I need to work extremely hard right now. And I need to constantly ask myself, am I doing enough? Because then, then I can say, okay, I am working as hard as I can. And then even after that, Patrick, we're going to look back and say, I could have worked harder, right? You ran an Ironman. I bet you <laughs> could look back and say, I could have trained more. I bet you could, right? Yes. Technically. I'm yep. not saying you didn't put in the training and didn't do a good job, but if you're going to get nitty and gritty, I'm sure you could have put in an extra hour on a certain day or you could yep. have you know, done something more. You can always do more. And and here's some of our, our previous episodes. We have talked about balance mm-hmm. and this is where this will conflict because there are certain things in your life that, you may have to sacrifice balance in order to achieve. And that is your preference. But with these goals we have and overcoming the fear of failure, there are things you're going to have to sacrifice if they are important enough to you. And I said this in the last episode, but we have to choose our pain and struggle and the regrets that come with our choices. So if if I were to focus, I was probably putting in, I don't know, 20 to, or no, probably 30 to 40 hours a week training for an Ironman, right? And that's mm-hmm. encompassing training, food, sleep, no, well, not sleep, but training, food, stretching. If I were to do an extra five hours a week, what would I have to sacrifice in other aspects of my life in order to do that? And is that sacrifice of those other things in my life going to give me a higher return than the things I would be sacrificing would? Mm-hmm. And I think that comes down to, there's a really powerful quote uh, I forget the podcast I was just listening to. Might have been from Chris, Chris Williamson, but you have to choose your regrets because if you choose to pursue one thing, that also means that you are giving up the ability to pursue another thing. So if you are choosing between path A and B, what path, if you do not choose, can you live with the regret of not choosing that? Right. So you're talking about budgeting your time. So I just I just started 
uh, monthly budget for finances. Okay. And it's almost it's almost doing the same thing, but rather than the currency being money, it's your time. Exactly. So it's so you're kind of picking how much of your time you want to budget in to certain things throughout your day. Because yeah, and a specific goal right now, let's say career, just in general career. Let's put that in a category. Yeah, yep. if you budget all your time into that and make time for nothing else, then yeah, you're going to get some results and you're going to be able to say, yes, I am working as hard as humanly possible. I am doing everything in my ability to do that. Great. But okay, that's not really a healthy budget because there's a lot other a lot of other categories to fill. There's relationships, you know, your your friends and family. There's leisure, you know, hobbies, there's relaxing because that stuff's also important to me too. So it's kind of what I'm trying to figure out right now is how much of that can I afford in specific categories? Because lately I have been very balls to the wall. It feels like, and like my, it feels like my back is against the wall for the past few months living on my own, trying to make money to get by and survive and also focus on establishing myself and make a career. But I'm also thinking, okay, I d haven't made a lot of time for friends and family. I haven't relaxed a ton compared to what I usually do. And I've noticed it affect my mood as well a little bit, you know? Yeah, that, that was another thing I want to bring up. And it's almost, it's almost similar to economic. Actually, it is economics. There's an opportunity yeah. cost. So another principle in economics is marginal utility, right? So if I were to draw a curve, you get, and say it's career, you get a bunch of return, a bunch of return, a bunch of return, and then it starts decreasing or increasing at a decreasing rate. Eventually, mm -hmm. it's going to reach a peak, right? So you can't go higher than that peak. So say you're putting in 10 hours a day towards career. If you put a, that 11th hour in, that could tip your mental state, that could tip your relationship, that could that could cause a domino effect in the other aspects of your life. And that's, that is where I think there's the balance is where are you going to portion your time to where you are continually getting a return on every aspect of your life. And it could yeah. be, it, it could be at the peak. It could be between the, the peak and the middle and it just depends on how fast you want to grow in that that aspect. Yeah, totally. And I think that's a trial and error process too to figure out where we fit on that curve. You know, what's what cost is worth what? And you got to learn the hard way too. Like I have because there's no way I, I can just know. I don't know where to budget everything. I have to learn where to budget everything by starting somewhere and realizing what's working and what's not. And then you, you readjust, you know? Yeah. So I guess going back to failure on this and a question I have for you is, do you think most people care if you fail? No, I thought about this too. When we were talking about doing this episode, I don't think so. Like I, cause at least for me, I don't really care that much when other people fail. You know what I'm saying? If you called me 
before you ran the Ironman and said, I had to drop out of the race and decide I'm not doing it. I wouldn't think, oh, what a loser, what a failure, you know? I wouldn't have. I wouldn't yeah. have. And I really, it's it, it's not my life either. You know, I wouldn't have even cared that much. I would have, I mean, I would have raised an eyebrow and kind of questioned what the hell happened because I know, because <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I would have been shocked to get that phone call or get that news. But no, I wouldn't have held it against you. You know, I wouldn't have. Yeah. I wouldn't have even cared that much. Yeah. You I, would have cared more than anyone else in the world if you ended up not running that Ironman. Exactly. That's that's the point I was going to get to. Yeah. Is because when you fail, most people, and I thought about this, is, oh, at least you tried. Or, oh, don't worry. Look at all the work you did put in. But yeah. you're usually your hardest, harshest critic. You have to live with what you did or did not do. So can you live with that decision that you had never even attempted to fail or try? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's a simple answer, folks. No. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on, guys. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh. <laughs> yeah well okay i'll elaborate on that a little bit but no it would be very hard and it's yeah but it's me right it's what i want it's my life like for example i want to have an established career in entertainment and whether, whether that's getting to work on crew which i'm trying to do right now or if it's acting and helping tell a story as long as i'm I want to help tell a story. I want to be a contributor in that, in a story that makes people feel, that make, fills people with emotions no matter what those emotions are. Like I love that stuff. That's where so much of my inspiration comes from, right? Yep. Like You know what makes me want to go work out more than anything in the world? A boxing movie. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? You know what makes me want to put myself out there um, Socially, more than anything, it's when I watch a movie where the protagonist puts themselves out there and does something crazy, and that inspires me and it makes me feel. And there's so many, like, and just themes in general. I love themes, that's stuff makes me passionate, and that's stuff that I want to do. And if it doesn't yeah. work out, no one's gonna care more than me, yeah. I think if I texted internal. you and my friends and said, hey, guys, I am i don't want to do entertainment anymore. I don't want to be in this industry at all. I, or I, I couldn't do it. Not, not I don't want to be in it anymore. I couldn't do it. I failed. So I'm on this track now. I don't think any of you guys would talk behind my back and make fun of me for being a failure. You say, okay, he's on a different track now, right? Yeah. That's... Ultimately, that's what would happen because most people, most people's problems are their problems and they don't have time to think about your problems or your failures. Their head is so full of the things that they're thinking about. Right. That as, <laughs> as maybe uncompassionate as this sounds, they don't have the space or the time to worry about the things you're worrying about too. That's unless you are in a 
relationship and about to get married, maybe your burdens are not going to be carried by other people. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because I'm thinking about that now. It's it's interesting because I think sometimes I forget that everyone thinks the same way that I do to a degree. And by that, I mean, perception-wise, sometimes I feel like I'm on everyone's mind always. You know, and not like the like, oh, like he's the protagonist of his life. Like, <laughs> like you know, like how people say that about people. It's not that. It's just this, it's this random pressure I'm putting in my head, right? Like, oh, like, I'm not doing this right now. Everyone's judging me for not doing something that I, only I know I'm supposed to be doing right now when everyone else is actually focused on what they need to be doing right now. I forget what this that paradox is called because there is actually a psychological uh, definition for that and it's that if you are thinking other people are thinking of you 99% of the time they're not it's right. just it's just a notion that we make up in our heads yeah totally it's and it's a fear right yeah that's kind of the fear you're like oh if if i don't you know, if I don't, okay, I was about to say if I don't show up to work today. Yeah, people care about that one. <laughs> That's something people would care about. Okay, here, here's one. If I don't work out this morning, no one besides me really gives a shit if I work out. You know? No, yep. who, no one. If you didn't work out tomorrow, Patrick, I wouldn't be thinking about it. If, if you told me, I'd be like, okay, like okay, weird, Patrick didn't work out. That's not like him. But then I would continue on my day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No one's holding you accountable. Yep. We, we have to, like, I'm really just holding myself accountable. But sometimes I feel like I'm being held accountable by other people. Like, if I don't work out tomorrow, like, oh, like, Cole will, like, be like, what the hell? But he, he's probably just worried about him working out and him and why he's doing at work, you know, or and other people too. It's the same way. You know, well, I think you can use other people or, or your opinion. Let me see, see how to phrase this. You can use the thought of other people judging you as a motivator to work out or to start. But yeah, actual accountability for whatever you are trying to do or whatever your goal is happens in the dark. It is internal, and you have to. You have to come to terms with reality on the actual amount of work and what work you have to do in order to reach that goal. Because at the end of the day, no one really cares. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's, is that healthy though? Because we're kind of getting back to the intrinsic, extrinsic, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It, and it, I think you use it as a, as an action starter, right? You should not. Okay. I think the best example here is the guy who goes the the semi unfit guy who's pudgy or fat who goes starts going to the gym to get girls, right? Mm-hmm. And that might be the thing he needs to get going to the gym. But as he has his body continue to transform, he feels a little better. Hopefully, <laughs> he is not just using that to get the girl. Because if that happens and he's doing it for the wrong reason, once he gets the girl, then he has a higher chance of 
stopping lifting or working out. Yeah. And then he'll revert back to his old state. So you have to use whatever use whatever you have, whether it's hatred, motivation, or hatred, jealousy, insecurity, whatever, to start. But know that that if you keep using that gas throughout whatever you are trying to achieve, it is mm-hmm. going to burn you in the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's because that starts to take a huge toll. Like that, like that gets pretty toxic fast. Yep. Fast. Why do I say it like that? Jersey. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but quickly, right? Because, and also, there have been times, I'll, I'll say this, my, I would say I was least worried about that kind of stuff of extrinsic things, like in the middle of college. And I wasn't really going to the gym a lot, you know? So I was like, oh, okay, I'm fine. Like, I, I wasn't insecure about how I looked or anything. Like, I was doing well socially with people. I was doing better than I ever had with girls in the past. So I was feeling good, and I wasn't going to the gym as much. And I think it was because in the past, when I was working out, I was doing exactly that. I was only going for, like, that approval of others, which I, I know we're, we're steering from failure a little bit. We're kind of yeah. <laughs> talking about – Stuff we've covered in past episodes, but I think it is good to cover. Yeah, for sure. I guess going back to failure and even that still connects this point of why you do what you do and how long you do it. As I was prepping for this episode and and thinking about these things, in some instances, I actually think failure is just giving up. And it's yeah. not really the the act of comparison. Like compared to Jack, compared to your sister, you're a failure. Okay? It's you have not spent enough time and you don't have a long enough time horizon allocated to whatever you're going after to achieve success. So by giving up, you are just f- f- you are just failing, and if you stay persistent enough, you can succeed. Yeah, but there's also sometimes there actually is just failure for an easy way that I'm thinking of this: uh, a game where there's a winner and a loser, and there's very strict rules. Let's say you're a football coach. Let's say you're an NFL football coach. You know, okay, Bill Belichick. Let's get specific. So for NFL listeners, that's the Patriots coach. Yeah, of the New England Patriots. Super successful coach, won many Super Bowls, but he's also gone to the Super Bowl and lost. And by, by definition, he failed that year, right? He, his goal is, as coach is to win the games. So whenever, yes. whenever he loses a game, no matter when it is, that's a failure. And I think what we're getting at is that that fail, yes, it's a failure by definition, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean it's over. That doesn't mean give up. That doesn't mean let it get to you and just let yourself sit, stay there in that mentality. Yes. Yes. On a, on a relative basis, on a short, on an, on a short term basis, that is a failure. The only way I think he ultimately fails is if he lost, say it was his first Super Bowl ever as a coach. If he lost that first Super Bowl and then gave up, he, 
the only thing he could have as a reference is the failure in that Super Bowl. However, Mm -hmm. he kept going. He used that relative failure in the short term and compounded the lessons he learned along the journey to the Super Bowl to go back time and time again as one of the most successful coaches in the history of the NFL. Right. So it, and I think that that, that is consistency. The the way to guarantee that you will fail is to not be consistent in the things that you say you're going to do and the work that needs to be done in order to achieve what you want to. For example, this podcast relative to other people, we aren't as successful, but the only way we guarantee failure, if we are, we're trying to reach say a million listeners, whatever it is, is we stop. Right. Right. So. Sorry. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I think about that Uh, the podcast. Yeah. Let's talk about that for sure. And, the realm of failure because even if not all of our episodes have increased exponentially, right? Mm-hmm. Our curve for our listeners doesn't go like that. <laughs> we'd like that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, we'd like listenership to double or triple every time we drop an episode, but we don't. In fact, even sometimes we've released an episode that hasn't done as well as the week before. That's happened too. Mm-hmm. And by definition, if and that comparison or whatever our goals are, then yeah, that you could say, okay, we failed that week. But I don't look at it that way. I acknowledge that I, okay, by definition, that's a failure. But I still just, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, we're going to keep going. We're going to think how we can do better on the next episode or what we can do better to improve. And sometimes it's hard, you know, like to actually figure out how, how we relate statistics and numbers to that. That's more personal for us, but. Well, I think it's its a good reference because yeah. for everyone listening, we're, we are using that information and that data to learn, to improve. So right. by failing, we're learning. But by failing in the short term, we're learning in the long run to hopefully win in the long run. Right. And being willing to, to fail, I think, means recognizing those things that you can, that from those failures you can tweak and the tasks you need to complete in order to grow and doing them to the best of your ability despite not knowing what the outcome will be. So, for example, everyone, Jack and I have recently just implemented this little phrase at the top of every episode. What are the one or two things we're going to improve this episode? Yeah. So last one, it was, okay, our camera, so our video quality, hopefully if you're listening or watching on Instagram or YouTube, it's a lot better. Same with our audio quality. So we improved two things. This one is our attentiveness and our our body language is a lot more active. And hopefully when we're watching this, I hope that we get that feedback, but also hearing and seeing the feedback from you guys, not only from people reaching out, but also the amount of viewership if we're looking at a number base how that those little improvements impact that 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's actually when we do the feedback stuff at the end and ask for it. It's not just like, oh, like give us your thoughts, but it also we do that because then we could say, okay, what do people want? You know, what what's gonna get people invested and listening? And like, and for anyone listening that does want to get feedback, for us, that's literally the best thing anyone could ever do for us to help us improve. To have, for example, if if you look at it like a business, the client's literally telling you what they want, right? Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. And you say, oh, okay, but this is what our clients want then let's do that because you know we're just trying to figure out what works yeah entirely too and how to format it and things like that it works for us what you guys want to hear too and beyond the the baseline foundation that we enjoy talking about these things but we also want based on the feedback that we have gotten we know that there can be a positive impact out of it based on the things that people want to hear yeah Totally. And I think that one thing I, I really, not only for myself and for you, mm-hmm. as a kind of quote or constant reminder, it's that by even trying, you can't fail. Because you're just succeeding as a byproduct of the feedback you're getting to grow as a human being. Yeah. Yeah, it's also depends on who we're talking to, you know, about because really to sum this all up, if we've wanted to do this episode in two sentences, I would say if you keep not doing things because you're worried about the outcome, that's worse than not doing it. You know, just do it. Just try things, you know, and that's the end of the episode that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just do shit. God, (laughs) yeah. catch you next week. (laughs) But, but, you know, in the long run, life lessons from Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Like that is kind of what we're getting at in a nutshell, right? It's like, yeah, the worry of failure, the worry of things not working out. Well, if you're not doing things or if you're not trying to get what you want to get, do what you want to do because of that, then you're shooting yourself in the foot. Because guess what? What you're doing there, coming up with those excuses, that's worse than not even trying. Because you're definitely not going to succeed if you're not even doing anything. Yeah, you you made me, you reminded me of a really good point I wanted to talk about too. And I just heard this, this definition called anxiety cost. So we have opportunity uh. cost. Anxiety cost, I thought this was really good. It's the cost that it's the cost of time that we spend worrying about what we should be doing instead of actually going out and doing the thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I I do that, dude. I do that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So and the little things, right? Asking a girl out, right? I bet so many, so many guys have that. Like, oh, oh my God, like she asked this girl out, then you get the, the anxiety cost, right? You're thinking about what could happen if oh, what's she, she gonna says think? yes what's or no. Her then, then, think? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> totally, totally. And uh, then it just and then it just spirals. So that that is something that I've definitely been trying to work on is is decreasing the time between when I think I'm going to do something and when I go and do it. Yeah. It's yeah. It's good to it's good to jump in the water. Also, one thing that I've learned exactly on this fear of failure thing because like I have, de- I have asked girls out where it's been 
a no. Well, not a no, because but they're like, oh, I'm busy. And you're like, okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> sure yeah. I have a cool. boyfriend. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> that happened to me once. <laughs> uh, Did you but, know she didn't have a boyfriend? No, I didn't. Come on, Pat. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't know. Well, I mean, no, she could I have did, had a boyfriend. I did not know. Yeah. No. Oh, no. No, she did have a boyfriend. I just didn't know she had a boyfriend. Oh, see, that's what uh, I, yeah. I, I was thinking she was using it as an excuse. Like, oh, oh gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's like, which, I know you don't, you little liar. <laughs> you could have just told me. <laughs> right. Which could have happened. But here's what I think of with that. Even if it didn't work out or if it was a no without it being a no no here's my process like well at least i it's better than not asking the girl at all even if it is a no especially if you handle it with confidence because then at least you're now you're at least in her head like oh wow he he got after it though he asked me out and he doesn't even seem phased by the no that's way better than just not doing it at all even if it's a no like i was when that happened to me once I felt really good about the no because I was thinking, well, I mean, yeah, but I asked her and there's plenty of guys that have probably wanted to ask that girl out that have not, right? Dude, that's a great point. That I would love to hear a girl's perspective from this because- I know. That would be so interesting, actually. Yeah. When a girl, when you know that, say it is a girl with a boyfriend or a girl that just is not ready for- a relationship what does she think as a result of a guy approaching her with confidence and and just going after it is and i think you're right i would say that oh i appreciate him recognizing me for being it is physical attractiveness being beautiful and that made me feel good right so yeah that that's a great point yeah yeah, totally. And it, but I also, I think I have to be confident about the no too. Because like, let's be honest, you have to show that it doesn't really phase you. Because if you show that, then the girl's like, oh, okay, what's what the hell? Like, this guy asked me out, I said no, and then he doesn't care. And now he's at the bar talking to other girls. Did I talk to other girls at the bar knowing that that girl was there so she would see me talking to other girls? That could have happened. I don't know. Oh, but Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done that. But I saw the girl looking over, kind of wondering, oh, okay. He moved on. Yeah. What, and then, what did and I then miss out on? Yeah, exactly. It, it get, she's thinking now, right? She's thinking. Even if it wasn't an initial interest, Jack, Jack is playing games. I, this was this was the past me. <laughs> this was the old me. I don't do this stuff anymore. <laughs> that is immature. That behavior is immature. That is playing games. I shouldn't have been doing that. I will fully admit that. That's. <laughs> I have realized that that was not the most mature way to handle it. Did it work? Yes. <laughs> Should I have done it? <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think I talked about that. I, I don't know why I'm bringing this up because this is my least favorite thing we have reeled is the, the thing where I talked about the simp stuff. Oh, yeah. The simp but, king. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> it that, was. To clarify for anyone that saw that reel, this, what I'm saying to that of me being elevated simp 
That's what I'm, I'm saying that, yeah, I know. I, mean, I should coin that term. I love that term. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I'm not – I'm shooting myself in the foot right now. But I'm saying that me playing those games, doing stuff like that, like talking, talking to other girls so the other girl would get a little jealous and get in her head a little bit. That's being that's being still simpy in my mind of doing that stuff because that's also saying okay you like from my end okay I still want her attention slash approval if I because if I really asked around she said no and I was that confident where I came across I didn't really care I wouldn't even be thinking about playing those games you know what I'm saying because exactly. I just I actually would be so confident that I it didn't phase me so I would just move on and I wouldn't even worry about having to play those games. And that's why I describe that as being an elevated simp because I, I am still letting it get to me. I, I learned methods to kind of make it work you know, or like, you know, like to actually kind of get in the girl's head. But it was still, I still look at that as simp behavior of when I was doing that because I wasn't, I, I can't, it means I cared. If I'm willing to play games like that, it means I care. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yep. Glad I could clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Glad clip this and there. take it out of context 10 years down the road. <laughs> <laughs> like the last clip? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think your action in those circumstances, barring the elevated simp <laughs> part of it, is yeah. you as a man now can go back and look at, hey, I've done that before. And even though I got the no, did it really affect me that much? So your yeah, actions are proof that you can do other things and overcome failure. So whether it's in sports, in relationships, in business, the pure the pure event of taking action gives you building blocks to continue growing in whatever field you're pursuing, relationships, business, athletics. And I think that's a huge confidence booster because your self-esteem and your self-confidence is not based on the things that you tell yourself in your head. Your self-confidence is based on your evidence of the actions you've taken in the past. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's a, that's a phrase I do all the time on this podcast, by the way. Totally agree. That's my, that's my little niche statement. Sorry, continue. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I totally continue. agree. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say the, I, I like the little goals too. And the, the success of make the goal to try and don't look at the outcome or the consequence of trying as failure or success. Like to bring it to a simple thing, like asking someone out on a date, the goal is just to ask, right? Yeah. If it's a no, it's a no. Okay. That doesn't mean it's a failure. Like, is it technically rejection? Yes. But it's still beneficial to you internally. You succeeded yeah. as a byproduct of the action, right? Cause at least you asked, 
you know? Because I, I bet you were thinking for like a week whether or not you should do that. And maybe you wouldn't have even gotten the balls to do it. Uh, you know, at least you did that, right? That's a success. Asking versus not asking, right? You're, you you got to start somewhere. You, you will start guaranteed somewhere. get a no if you don't ask. Yeah, exactly. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Episode <it's>, on failure. <laughs> Life lessons from Jack Mullen. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's I, that's totally what we're getting at. And like we know that. You know, people we hear that. I've heard that plenty of times. But then when actually applying it, you don't always do it. You know? I've I've heard that I've heard that phrase. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Since I was twelve, yeah, <laughs> and I've and, and you know forever, and I've not listened to it always. I've still like not taken the shot in my life. Yeah, because it's hard. It, so I, it it's just kind of helpful to really talk about it, especially with cr- concrete examples. Yeah, and I do have some some questions for you on this. Yeah. Especially related to the actions you take and how and those events that comprise of who you are and what you define as success. So mm-hmm. one of the things I always think about is what traits and experiences make up the man you want to be or wow. the or the success you want to achieve. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Let's shift. Let's shift the vibe because that was a really serious question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so specific. You said traits and experiences. Yeah. Traits and all right. I need to start. I guess I'll start with traits. And yeah, I I would say being the guy that goes for it is definitely a trait I want to have. Which is kind of like why I'm glad we're talking about this for this episode because even now. I really need to remember that. I need to remember that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take lesson. Even though that sounds cheesy, it's a cheesy way to put it. But I I need to apply that to everything. You know, I need to apply in reaching out to people for potential employers and for jobs and things like that. Just remember, if, if you don't reach out, you're definitely not going to get a response cold call you know cold calling is the worst thing in the whole entire world cold calling's awful have you cold called before patrick oh yeah (laughs) it's terrible it's a horrible horrible feeling but you know if i got a cold call from someone if someone if someone called us was like hey this is the podcast you guys need any help someone cold called us even in a certain situation like if they wanted us to pay them we're not a place where we can do that like we'd say, oh, thanks for reaching out, but no. But wouldn't you be really impressed that someone called us, just went for it, reached out to us? Yeah, because most of the people, as even famous people, as as much reach as they have, I don't think they get as many cold calls or outreach as people think. Now, obviously, the the Uber. Kim Kardashians and public figures of the world, they probably do. But the people that are uber wealthy or have high status, I would argue that most of them don't get the amount of volume of reach out that you would expect. Yeah. 
I agree with that completely. I totally agree, actually. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's game theory with, uh, what's that? Uh, Russell Crowe. The Crow. movie? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful so, Mind? Yes, yeah, so A Beautiful Mind. That's what it is. His whole game theory and where he came up with it, that bar scene, right? Right. It's everyone is so afraid to go for the 10 of the 10 of the girls because, right. or no, wait, that's not game theory. But anyway. Yeah, it was. It's not game the theory. The movie wasn't but, perfectly accurate. <laughs> I yeah. remember my econ professor talked about it, like, that's not exactly how it is, but it's a fun movie. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is more people are afraid of going for the zenith thing. So there's actually less competition at the top or at the thing you're trying to reach out for, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting to me. And you, and I think doing the actual reach out just takes the mindset chip. And I know we talked about it at the beginning. The whole purpose of this episode is to shift our mindset around failure yeah so yeah and i think that's a big part of it because that's it's so hard to do that sometimes i think sometimes it's it's so easy to say it in advice but like before i reach out to somebody that has no idea who i am where i'm like hey for example i reached out just recently to an audio studio that does post-production for movies. They do sound. Uh, you know, they they score the movies, put in the sound effects, that mm-hmm. stuff. There's still that little, like, my heartbeat gets faster, you know? My heart starts racing a little bit. And I just emailed. I didn't even cold call. And you know what? I should have cold called, looking back. It, I, I, I should do it more. But it's it is actually hard to do it, you know, when you're actually doing it. And... You say it and you're like, yes, of course, I should, yeah, I should just do it. But when you actually, when push comes to shove, it's not easy. So I just, I, I acknowledge that for myself and like other people listening, like it, it's hard. It's not easy to do that stuff. Yeah. It's a- but I do need to remember that <clears throat> it's other people are probably experiencing the same thing that are reaching out. And some of them might not do it because of that, you know, like, okay, I'm not going to do that. That might be weird. I've had that concern people might think i'm weird reaching out i I feel like sometimes like i get in my head i'm like oh i'm just you know some kid trying to reach out like kind of feel like i kind of roll my eyes on myself at that notion a little bit you know but one actually have something to offer for when when you are reaching out you know actually yeah (laughs) have something to offer and if you have something to offer and you're polite, respectful, then if that person judges you for that, okay, whatever. That's that's on them because you didn't do anything wrong. You know, I didn't do anything life. wrong by reaching out. And even if I don't get a response, which you know that's happened more than I have. I've reached out to so many people and places and companies, and I've gotten nothing. <laughs> but you know, it's better than not reaching out at all. Because sometimes people do respond. Yeah. And I, the the thing I love and the quotes by Alex Ramosi, and I know we've talked, I think we've talked about this in a prior episode, is yeah. oftentimes in two weeks, people will forget your name. Yeah. And in two months, people are going to forget you ever existed. 
Yeah. So if someone remembering you for two weeks is going to impact the potential trajectory you can take in your life, then why care? If they're not going to be with you for the rest of your life, then why care about it for two weeks? Yeah, totally. I had unrealistic fear on this. The what was the anxiety complex that you? What, what was the phrase? Anxiety cost. The anxiety cost. Yeah, I was focusing. So here was an actual fear that I came up with in my mind of why I shouldn't reach out to so many people because I was wondering what if all these different companies in the same industry put together who I am. <laughs> That literally entered my mind. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. that, that is an insane thing. That would never happen. But I was literally thinking of that because, for example, I was reaching out to – this is actually kind of funny. I was reaching out to some of the um, acting agencies, like talent agencies and management companies down here. Mm -hmm. And there's a, the actors are all on strike right now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the worst time to be reaching out. And I even phrased it. <laughs> I phrased it as like, I was just going to offer some free part-time assistance to all the, these people because they're yeah. bleeding right now. So I was like, they're not, no one's hiring. And it's, and it would be naive of me to ask them for a job. It's like, okay, you really, you're, <laughs> you want to be in this industry and you're asking for a job right now. You don't even know what's going on. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I was thinking about that. So that was kind of how I phrased it, some free help. And like only a couple responded. They're basically like, yeah, we're sorry. Like we're, we're, we're struggling right now. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, they're like, yeah, all of our clients are currently not working <laughs> at all. So, <laughs> we're, so which is rough. Yeah. They're, they're bleeding. And once it goes in 2024, they're, they'll get into some financial trouble. It's actually pretty bad. That's like, um, but yeah, I literally had a fear that all the talent agencies were like, we're gonna be like, Hey, did you guys get reached out to that guy too? <laughs> yeah. that they were all gonna yeah. talk and blacklist me from the talent agencies i had that that thought enter my mind that that could happen if i reach out to all these places yeah i i think oops, i think everyone has gone through that making up a ridiculous scenario yeah totally i i definitely have when i was going through recruiting or or something along, or networking it's like oh my mm -hmm. god this kid's everywhere like he's so annoying yeah <laughs> <And> <laughs> totally now that now that i we're in a little bit or, or at least i'm in a position where some people have maybe started reaching out for advice just because of the nature of the the business world that i'm in i can assure you and assure myself now that oh when people do this i don't give two shits because i have way bigger problems than right right joe john over here reaching out on a random Wednesday seeing if he wants to talk for 15 minutes. Sure. I'll talk to you for 15 minutes. And most of the time it's hopefully going to get some information or maybe you can provide some value, but most people are not gonna, gonna care. <laughs> yeah, so. totally. And I also thought that, uh, I have an example on both sides for the restaurant that I'm serving at right now. I, I know I talked to you, like specifically about this, that I was, I kept reaching out. Like I was nagging and I felt so, I hated it because I hate being naggy and constantly reaching out. But I eventually did get the job. And if I didn't continue to nag, I wouldn't have gotten it. Because now I'm in there, right? And sometimes I have answered the phone 
and it's someone calling about looking for a job at the restaurant. Ah. And and so one, sometimes they call when it's pretty busy. And I I at least do them the service when I talk to them. I'm like, hey man, thanks for calling. I don't know if we're looking to hire or not. We are busy right now. I would call in the middle of the afternoon after lunch before dinner. So you can talk to more people. I I have actually so I, I, I will at least give people that to like kind of yeah. help them out on when to call. But I look back, like I don't remember any of their names. Anyone that has called. I don't remember a single person that's called. And it's better to call than not to call, right? You know? Yep. Like being on the other side. And and I actually I just liked one of the guys that I talked to and I told him, I was like, be relentless. I was like, if you if you want to get it, just keep calling. Come in. I was like, come in person. Like yeah. get your face in the door. And it's and like I got that advice from my dad too. And like sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should do that. Like they're probably busy, you know, making all those excuses in my head, those scenarios. But you should, you should just be relentless. Yep. And it's the fear of failure, right? The fear of judgment of others. That's why that's what's been holding me back from that. Yeah, man. That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hang on, keep talking. Uh, I need to plug my computer in real quick, but keep going. Okay. Yeah, I I love that advice and and the points you make are very valid in any industry and any pursuit that you are trying to make. So this is all leading back to little things that so many people, including myself and yourself, make up in their mind, but are just figments of what we think is actually happening in reality. And it's just not true. It's our brain has little funny ways of making those little things up and we just need to ignore them. Keep moving and say, what action do I need to take? So yeah. that that's the mindset shift I'm working on every day because I'm not perfect at it. And that yeah. I hope it's hard. And I don't think it'll ever stop being stressful, you know, and there's nothing, at least the way my brain works, that'll stop those intrusive thoughts of scenarios from at least happening. I just need to remember, I just need to remember to block those out, you know? Yeah. Like, and, I need to, I need to recognize, okay, that's my mind creating a scenario. And if I say it out loud, it's probably ridiculous. Yeah. And it'll get easier and you will make those decisions faster the more evidence you give yourself. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, well, man, cool, cool. Yeah, should we start is, to wrap it? It went yeah, a while. I didn't great. realize. Yeah, this is, there are a lot of good little tips in here from, yeah. I think, both of us and and both realizations that we had. Yeah, dude, I, I kind of had a couple light bulb moments throughout this episode. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I was bitch. like, oh, yeah, I I am in my own way. <laughs> that's, I, that's, that's usually the biggest roadblock is yourself. And yeah, yeah I, I have that. And it's even, I guess one last point, it's it's so interesting when I'm doing this, the prep for these episodes and, and thinking about the different scenarios, because I think about it as today with what we have, with what we have access to compared to people in our parents' generation. And I'm not saying it was easier, but they had less distractions on what could potentially happen. 
Yeah. We now have access to a whole catalog of if you do this, this could happen. If you do this, this could happen. Evidenced by things on social media or online. They didn't have all that. So the only the only catalog of evidence that they could have, which is a plus and minus, is the people that they were around or had talked to. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a news channel. Right, or radio channel. I shouldn't even say news channel. A radio, <laughs> maybe TV, depending on when your parents grew up. But yeah, and I think that's good and bad for two reasons. One, it gives them less. One, it's a positive because it gives them less things to worry about that could happen. They could right. only see that okay, if I do this, then this will happen. So I want that to happen. I'm going to do this. And two. I guess uh, on the on the reverse side of it, they only have the limits to what they can see happen. So one of the benefits, if we use it in the right way of today, of using social media and, and the internet, is we can see endless possibilities of the action, of what results our actions will produce. Mm-hmm. Which I think is very powerful as long as you don't get distracted by the negative things. Yeah, it, it's a tool, you know, and yeah. you can build things with tools. You can destroy things with tools. It's it's like how to how to navigate it. Learning fire, you know, you, it can, can keep you warm or it can burn you alive, right? But you kind of have to learn by trial and error of that if you don't know what fire is. Yeah. And I, I look at social media and that stuff is the same way. Like it's a tool like that because you're right. You're definitely so right and it definitely – it makes me disillusioned into thinking that we're more connected than we really are. Like, yes, we are connected more on social media, but in our day-to-day lives, you know, it's not, we're not all getting after it together. You know, we're, we're still living life. We're still in reality. Yep. And so, so sometimes you get all built up and maybe that's where some of that anxiety comes from too. Like reaching out to people, you know, thinking that maybe all the talent agencies get on their Facebook group and talk about you, you know, (laughs) like that's maybe that's, I think that's partly where that comes from for me. It's just thinking that everyone is more connected than they actually are. And yeah, that's what I would say to that. But also we can use it as a tool too, because you can connect easier than ever before, which is also great. Yep. So I guess to wrap it up is use the prospect of failure, not, as something that you're afraid of, but more as an opportunity to learn and shift your mindset around the things you create in your head and try to decrease your time to action on the things you're worrying about to thus decrease anxiety crossed. So, yeah, to quote the philosophers, just do it. <laughs> you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. To quote Nicholas Nike, the creator Is that of Nike, Nike that did that. Uh, Nike's just do it. Oh, That's just do it. it. I, I yeah. was thinking a hundred percent. Who said that? I don't know who said that. Let's look it up real quick. Then we'll, uh, then we'll let you, look you it go. Right. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. I want to. I want to know. I don't know. Oh, don't Wayne know. Gretzky. Oh, we shouldn't in that. Oh, we should have known that. We <laughs> definitely should have known yeah. that. 
Yeah, that everyone says that though. If you yeah. t- if you told me right now that Michael Jordan came up with that, I would have. Uh, that's kind of what I was saying. <laughs> because it's I'm basketball, sure he, right? I'm sure he says that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. I'm sure, I'm sure they all say that. But Why wouldn't they? Okay, great quote. Let's let's wrap it now. Let's officially wrap it. So, all right. Thank well. you guys as always for listening. Um, Y'all know the drill. If you are newcomers, you don't know the drill. But if you guys have been enjoying the podcast, really like the podcast, feel free to like the podcast wherever you're listening from. Feel free to follow the podcast. Feel free to rate the podcast. And thank you again for all of you that have, because we have a good amount of ratings already, but it can be even more. So thank you guys so much for that. Also, follow the Instagram. We're on YouTube as well. So maybe you're on YouTube right now. But if you're not, you can check that out. We have video rocking and rolling. We have HD quality on YouTube rocking and rolling. And also Instagram. We're on the Instagram still posting. Feel free to follow the Instagram for more updates. We've been pretty active on the Instagram. We're on TikTok too. We're posting a lot of our shorts and our reels. So if you like TikTok and want us in the TikTok feed, check us out there. We're also on X slash Twitter slash we don't really know what to call it yet during this transitional phase. <laughs> Patrick is rocking and rolling on the Twitter and doing a great job over there. Definitely follow the Twitter and check it out. And yeah, also, we've been meaning to implement the Q&A and we'll advertise it more for any of you guys that are wondering about that. Because we would love to get questions from you guys to do in like kind of the last 10 minutes of the episode so we can kind of interact with y'all more, make us all feel more a part of it. So we'll get an update going there because I definitely really want to do that. We'd love to actually hear from you guys, be able to interact with y'all more. Um, and yeah, we think it'd be really cool. Patrick, anything else you got? I think that's it, man. I think you wrapped it up well and uh, appreciate everyone for listening. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Catch you on the next one.